Welcome to Reframe Your Life, a podcast for women who want to live and lead their lives differently and explore topics relevant to all areas of their life. Hi, Life Reframers. I'm Joanne and welcome to episode 47. I'm here today with my wonderful co-host, Sandy. Hey, Sandy. Hi, Joanne. How's it going today? It's great. Another sunny, rainy day here. I Just know. the new pattern we have in our weather, but it's great. It's good. It is, isn't it? Sunny, rainy day. It's like, I'll wear this. Oh, no, I've got to cover up. Oh, I need the umbrella. Oh, no, I can have shorts on. Exactly. <laughs> but I don't complain. I don't complain about the weather. I make statements about the weather, but I don't complain about the weather. But today we're not talking about the weather at all. Today we're going to talk about um, challenges that women face in leadership. And we know both men and women face challenges in leadership. I mean, leadership's a huge responsibility to be a leader of people. I mean, number one, to be a leader of yourself, but then number two, to take responsibility and be a leader of people is a huge undertaking and responsibility. And it's, it's an ongoing process of learning and developing that leadership skill and capacity. But, Sandy, something we know as women um, who have been in leadership roles and leadership positions is that there are some unique challenges that women face along the way. So from the outset, I think a disclaimer is needed here, Sandy. I agree. <laughs> you know, we're not diminishing that men have challenges we're not diminishing that all women have these challenges. We're not diminishing that we understand that there are numerous challenges people face. But we did some research and came up with a bit of a list of six unique challenges that we think the majority of women would face out there. So as you're listening, just think about it. You know, some may resonate with you and, and some may not. And at the end of the episode, we are going to be talking about what do we think we can do to help overcome some of these challenges. I think some of these challenges are always going to be there. So it's just about how we, as women and female leaders, understand them and choose to react or not to them. I yeah. appreciate that. I think that, I, you know, personally, as we're recording this, I want to be careful that I don't go into that um, negative space too mm. much about kinds of things that women have to deal with that men don't have to deal with because they're different, they're unique, and we can only speak as women. You know, we don't want to, this is a rant. We just want to highlight some challenges that we think women face. And of course, the most important bit is what we can do about them. Exactly. So, yeah, so Good. let's get started. Okay. Challenge number one. So this is one that I have encountered a lot. <laughs> So when I used to work in a corporate environment and I would be teaching leaders uh, feedback skills, often I would have men say that they didn't like giving women feedback because they're too emotional. And that was really hard to hear because they had this fear that if they gave any kind of critical constructive feedback to a woman that she was going to start crying. And it always felt like, um, well, it felt like they saw it as a weakness, but also a, as a something that got in the way of women getting the feedback that they needed to get to grow and develop. So 
I think this is a challenge for women. And I think that we're all emotional men and women. I've had men cry when I've given them feedback. Okay. I know I can really bring the feedback, but (laughs) (laughs) you know, I think men will cry as well. I think women, men have been conditioned to hold their feelings in more than women and not to show their emotions from a very young age. And I think women have um, probably been conditioned to cry and to show their emotions. But I don't think it's anything to do with women being more emotional than men. And I think it's a challenge for women, this perception that exists for women, that they're too emotional. What do you think? Mm. Yeah. And it's so we we kind of group the emotion in challenge one. So on the one hand, there's a perception that women are too emotional. And then on the other hand, there's the perception that women aren't emotional enough. And I think that's where I land in terms of my experience and not being necessarily in tune with my emotions or the emotions of others and not taking them into consideration. So so it's like we can't win. Yes, we're all emotional. Yes, we're all human. Uh, sometimes we cry. Sometimes we don't. Um, the challenge I think we have as female leaders is that we have to find the appropriate balance for understanding our emotions and processing our emotions um, authentically to us, you know, when it's not about faking it and putting it on or anything like that. And, and if tears happen, tears happen, and that's okay. So it's not about bearing them. It's not about bearing them all. It's about finding a balance, I think. Mm-hmm. And not, not uh, yeah, I like that, not bearing them, because I think emotions can give us great insight to, to mm-hmm. what's going on inside of us. And so I think it's important for men and for women to be in touch, to be emotionally intelligent. So yeah, uh, I just, I think it's more of a perception problem for women. And that's something that we face as a challenge. So. Yeah. So how are we going to deal with it? And I think that's it. I think inviting women to understand a little bit more about their own emotional intelligence and get some development in that area because mm. we can't change what other people think. We can only change how we behave. So, yeah, I think it's good. It's a perception. Challenge number two, uh, another perception. I know someone very close to me to face this challenge that women who choose work over family um, aren't good mothers or can't be good leaders, like mm. kind of a double-edged sword. Wow. <laughs> Questioning the women who go back to work and really want to strive um, into leadership positions, making a judgment that, well, you're not a good mother and if, and because you are a mother, you can't be a good leader either because your focus is going to be elsewhere. Right. So, you know, I think the truth behind that is is – we have to make the our own decision um, about what being a good mother and being a good leader means. It's not something that should be defined for us or stereotyped into. And my friend who was told that said, I'm a much better mother when I am working and fulfilling my dream in my professional life. So, it, again, it's a perception out there, I think, it really boils down to what is the best for their family and for themselves. 
So I'm feeling a rant come on. So hold Uh me back. Hold me back. (laughs) I'm actually reading a book right now that's kind of got me stirred up around a lot of things to do with women's issues. So, but as you were saying that, I was remembering when I worked at Air Canada and it was not that long ago. It seems like we've made great strides in, in some of these areas but it was not that long ago. It was, I think, in the 60s that if you were a flight attendant and you got married, you had to resign. Oh, and so there were a whole bunch of, of flight attendants that would rent an apartment and never live there, but just use that as their address for all of their mail to go to because they didn't want wow. the company to know that they were married. So they, you know, they continue to um, have this fake identity at work. And, you know, so this is a challenge for women. And I feel like some of these things, here's the rant, are mm-hmm. so deep in our psyche as a society about women that we aren't even aware sometimes that this thinking exists until like your friend somebody actually says it because hmm. we never say that or never maybe people do I shouldn't say never but you know the reframe of this would be to say parents who choose work over family aren't good parents and we'd never say that right because you know a lot of people would be not working if we <laughs> applied that to parents and uh, I, I think the millennials are changing this thinking. Definitely in my generation, there was a uh, split with being a stay-at-home mom or a working mom. And it was mm. almost presented like a choice you had to make. And it was like, okay, to work part-time. But if you were a full-time, worked full-time, there was definitely this thinking that you were more caring about work than your family. And so I think it's another double-edged sword, but I I do believe we're making progress here, but it is really ingrained in, I think, our social fiber at some level that women, you know, you see it. Okay. See, I am ranting. You (laughs) see this, you see this when a kid screws up. And the first question that comes to people's mind is where was their mother? right? Like, and it just, that's where you see it still there. And, and it sort of pops up. And uh, anyway, so it's a challenge, definitely a challenge. Thank you for being positive, Sandy, and sharing hope. I do agree that it is changing. No decision is an easy decision. There are positives and negatives of both. Both involve sacrifice. And I'm talking about even if I add a third in, you know, you choose work over family, you're not a good mum, you choose you choose to have a family, you're not a good leader, you choose not to have a family, you're not a good woman. Like right. so, so I think at the end of the day, where we want to advocate for, if I can use the royal we for you and I, is that they they are hard decisions and, and it's up to each individual person really to understand what they want and then engage in whatever partner relationship you may or may not be in and have that conversation. Yeah. And they're hard. They're not easy. You know, everything has its positives and negatives. So, right. And, and let's not force anyone to have to choose one over the other. You can be both. You can be a good parent and a good leader. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I think we're done with that one. (laughs) 
Number three. <laughs> okay, so lack of female role models. And like you said about the last challenge, Sandy, this is changing, but it is a long time in changing, I feel. We have limited role models that we can look up to if if this is a career path that you want to follow. I agree. And it's one of those things when I would ask people in a group, I used to teach this leadership course and we always started with the question and I'd have everybody go around, introduce themselves and say, say a leader that you admire. And it was 99% male. The answers, even from the women, and it was always, um, and and I don't. I think it was because there is a lack of female role models, and it is changing. But again, I think you know. Here's a test: is just ask people, tell me a leader you admire, and you will see that it's a lot easier for people to come up with the name of a man than a woman. Okay, Sandy. So let's let's explore this one a bit more because yes, I like that. That is a challenge: lack of female role models. But I remember at International Women's Day last year, and there was these four phenomenal female leaders, all varying age, all varying career paths, at the stage, and they asked a question, which I'm going to pose to our listeners now: Who do you think of who has helped you get to where you are today? Who has been your mentor, your support, and your guidance? And each of those women on the stage named a man, mm-hmm. which is awesome. My grandfather, my partner, what, like that's okay because there's plenty of men out there who are supporting women leaders, and that's fine. But I think why this is a challenge, lack of female role models, is Sometimes I think women are the worst at supporting women. I okay, agree. I'm going to yeah. say that. <laughs> and we're the first to shut women down. We're the first to be negative. We're the first, first, first. And so, because when they posed that question, I thought, well, yeah, who? My husband. Like he's helped. He's and my awesome HR manager that I had in my twenties, who fundamentally helped me understand that I could grow and succeed to whatever I want to be. I think we need to really question what we are doing in that situation. How are we being role models to other women? How are we supporting? How are we those mentors and those guidance for other women? Because whilst I think it's awesome that we have men who can support, there there are differences in objectivity and style of communication and challenges that we go through. So we need more female role models to look up to. I agree. And I love what you just said about being intentional ourselves, like putting that responsibility on us as women leaders to make sure that we are mentoring other women and supporting them because that's just, that's the way it's going to change. And I just had a conversation with somebody recently and um, she was telling me about her, her kind of uh, team that she has around her and she's um, in a, a CEO position and she's built this really great team of really powerful and smart people, but she didn't have one woman woman on her team. Mm. And so I challenged her in that. I said, you know, I think you need to have some women because women do bring different strengths to the table and make sure that you include some women in there as well. 
as these really capable men that you've got on your team. And not women just for women's sake, like capable women who can yeah, do the job. Exactly. Because you're right, they they balance the, we have a much more collaborative style of leadership, much more engaging, much more connection, um, which go and be a model for someone else and seek out some intentional role models that you can follow. Um, and it doesn't have to be that they're a CEO, like, you, you know, choose some traits in women leaders that you admire and find those traits in people and follow them and Mm -hmm. learn from them. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the next one, or this is going to be a four hour episode, (laughs) (laughs) but that's fine. Not that there's anything wrong with that. (laughs) So the fourth challenge we have as power play and ego clashes. So I find this one really interesting to think about. It's definitely a challenge for women because I think that women uh, shy away a lot from power and politics in the workplace. And, you know, we've had Karen uh, Cien on our program and our listeners can go back and listen to our first episode that we in our interview with her because we talk about this in that episode, this exact topic about being a woman in politics and the challenges that that she faced in in her role in uh, municipal politics so what do you think about this one Mm. yeah I think it's in politics but also office politics and I know I think in another episode you mentioned that you try and steer clear from office politics Mm -hmm. and I have no because we're driven more by instinct and and emotion and this office politics stuff really challenges our inner soul and our heart. I think a great leadership skill is to be vulnerable and admit when you don't know something. Mm-hmm. So having this egotistical kind of way is a challenge and is more male, if I can say, oriented. So it's just kind of like women don't generally go for that but that is very much still prevalent in corporate uh, boardrooms and culture. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like if you can't handle it, then you got to get out, kind of thing, you know? Yeah, or learn how to handle it. Because yeah. I think that something that I've learned in my life is that there there is office politics. There are politics in every leadership role. There's that... that um, power plays that are going mm-hmm. on and I think you need to learn how to be comfortable with it and be wise and be smart in that because mm-hmm. otherwise you um you're kind of you're going to be put in a position I think uh or seen as weak and so I I just I think it's something for women to get more comfortable with is um power yeah. And, you know, use the power that we have as women to, in a positive way, to build relationships. I, I said to someone, you know, she sits around a boardroom table and she's, a, she's an exec and she's one woman surrounded by men. And I said, you have, you have a lot of power because mm-hmm. you are a female. Yeah. So it, it, and in a male dominated, if I can say that, area. 
So just saying, she said to me about six months later, she said, as you said that, it got me thinking, I have a voice in this room. Mm. I can use my ability to build relationships and to build trust and to persuade and, and share my voice. So it was just nothing really, but just a shift in her mindset. And so I think instead of retreating away from that, understand what your power is and, and bring it forward. Mm-hmm. We got the power. Sorry. <laughs> I can edit that out. <laughs> yeah. So challenge number five, marginalization of women is still more commonplace than we want to admit. And I heard a story the other day of a woman being told, well, you're just a woman, what would you know? Mm. (laughs) And it still happens. And so, you know, in workplaces, and I think because we're not involved with that day-to-day, Sandy, I think sometimes I forget, but, oh, really? Still organisations or individuals think that? (laughs) Oh, I can name some (laughs) (laughs) organisations. They shall go unnamed. Yes, that's right. But, you know, that we are thought less of because being a woman and and we're not uh, part of the leadership norm. So I think I've talked about this one on another episode that we did. And it was an experience that I had as the um, board chair of an organization where I found that people would interrupt me they would challenge me in front of um, in front of the membership at our AGM. Uh, people would talk over me, and I'm a pretty strong, confident woman. Like I, I don't see myself as you know really shy kind of wallflower in a group. Like I'm, I can hold my own. And I walked away, and I realized that. Without even realizing it, I don't. I don't think it was intentional. I just think that um, the the men. I I was the only woman at the time on the board, and I think the other men on the board just walked over me without even realizing it, because I was a woman. And you see that we've seen that as well in um, discussions where you'll be sitting at a board table and men will address other men and not address women. Mm. And I, I just, I really, I do not feel like it's intentional. I just think it's, it's part of the, the culture and, and the way that we've done business and worked for so long that people aren't even aware of it until you point it out or until you're the person on the receiving end of it. And I think that's a point, pointing it out as a really good learning opportunity, you know, not as a diminishing, demeaning uh, activity, but as a as a learning opportunity. So maybe not in that moment, but after. Now I know it takes a lot of confidence to do that. Some men I have I have worked with have been open to the challenge and and having the question asked, which leads us to the last one, Sandy, and challenge number six. At the end of the day, women don't believe in themselves. Now, again, it's a gross overgeneralization. Herein lies the greatest challenge of all. Confidence in who we are and who we can be or who we are striving to be is our own biggest challenge. 
And I know I felt this just before we jumped into this podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be presenting something in a few weeks and I don't, can't remember what I said, but I'm like, oh, I don't know if I could do it. And you said, yeah, I know you can. <laughs> so, <laughs> we need to believe in ourselves. If we don't believe in ourselves, that we're awesome female leaders and that we're learning along the journey and we're building our capacity just as much as the next person, then how are we expecting other people to? Mm -hmm. I agree. And I think that this is why women supporting women is so important Mm -hmm. because we can help each other believe in in our gifts and our strengths and our capacity to lead well. And, and be a safe place to talk about some of those places that we've struggled. You know, sometimes we're afraid to admit um, that we don't know things because we are afraid of the perception. And that is what is kind of eating away at our confidence is that instead of just being able to say, yeah, I'm not really sure how to do this, but, you know, I'll figure it out. We hide that. And uh, so we we then become more insecure in who we are. So I think there's um, within this challenge about believing in ourselves that there are some things that we can do really easily for each other to help with this one. Mm. So, yeah, regardless of your gender or our gender, you know, our leadership experience is what we make of it. And I think the question here is, you know, are we choosing to lean into the experience and become the leaders we want to be? Are we, are we open and aware? Are we willing to learn and grow and learn from our failures and mistakes and adapt along the way? Or are we just going to sit back passively on the sidelines and allow others to dictate who we are and what they perceive of us becomes their truth? I know that's something I certainly didn't want to do and and haven't done and am very open to asking questions and learning along the way. Um, So that kind of brings us to, you know, what can we do about it? Mm -hmm. You know, we can't change what people perceive of us. We can only change how we behave and how we choose to lead. So we have a a few tips. So one is focus on what you want to achieve. Mm Mm-hmm. Leaving gender aside, focus on your strengths and don't dwell on the the differences and just focus on the job or the role at hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like this one a lot because we don't want to fall into um, feeling like victims or, you know, getting into that kind of male female thing all the time so I like that just focus on results focus on what you need to do and and how to get where you want to go and just deal with some of the challenges along the way Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and we've spoken about understanding your commitment setting goals Um, so we're not going to go into those but yeah I think it's really understanding you know, what your strengths are and what you want to achieve. And just keep that the focus. It doesn't matter about who you're working with in that arena to get it done. Um, Good. Yeah. Number two, we've spoken about a little bit, like we'll find a mentor or be a mentor. I think we need to add there, Sandy. And network. Build your community of men and women. Exactly. Um, The next one we have is be comfortable with yourself. 
And, you know, we talked about this, about, you know, don't try to change who you are to fit into a man's world. Or, you know, you see this a lot with women where they try to lead like a man, like they try to <sighs> emulate men's leadership style instead of, you know, becoming more integrated themselves and discovering their own leadership style and strengths. So, you know, I think that's a big part of our journey is get comfortable with yourself and your own strengths and your own passions and, and show up with your own authentic leadership voice in a situation. Mm. And I think um, adding into this one, Sandy, being comfortable with yourself helps you understand your boundaries, mm -hmm. what you will allow and what you won't. The saying, you know, people treat will treat you how you allow them to treat you. So I think when you are comfortable with yourself, allows you to understand, you know, these are my boundaries and I'm here to do this certain job or I'm here to uh, affect change or make this happen. It's not going to worry me about what people think of me in terms of liking me. Mm -hmm. So you've got to be comfortable with yourself so that you're not worrying about, you know, what people are thinking and but you also understand your boundaries. Okay, so I have something I want to talk about that's really going to come out of nowhere. It's golf. <laughs> I want to talk about golf. Golf? <laughs> so, you know, being comfortable with who you are. I do not like playing golf. And so I wonder about, you know, so much business takes place on the golf course. And there are so many, like, it's just a way that a lot of, of um, people can schedule meetings and networking and getting together. And I, I've heard this from a lot of women. So obviously, I don't think you've, you've heard this at all. But, you know, I know women who have taken up golf just so that they can be included mm. in um, and not be um, eliminated or, or, or kind of shut out of conversations. So when a bunch of, you know, the the men at the boardroom table say they, they're going to go off and play golf in the afternoon they or after work, they go with them. I just want to talk about that. Mm. Should we learn how to golf or should we say no? What's the smart thing to do? Oh, that's a big question. So, <laughs> oh, well, I want to say no, we shouldn't have to, right? I think it depends. What are we going to do? Ask them to do knitting? No. <laughs> <laughs> are we going to do knitting? <laughs> I think it depends on the context in how it comes about. Like if it's a board retreat activity, then no, sorry, guys, we have to choose something. that it's really funny. So uh, I know someone who every – year they go on their leadership retreat and they used to play golf um, until they acquired another little small company and there's three leaders in that organization all men none of whom play golf so now at their leadership retreat they offer <laughs> a number of different activities which I actually challenged them I said doesn't that defeat the purpose of the retreat like now you're just splitting everyone up into different directions right to me it depends on what is the point and intent of that activity if it's just it just happens to be the guys saying hey let's go and play golf then yeah no I don't uh, you know it's fine go and play golf because I'm sure if it was a more a, a female dominated group they might say hey you know you want to get together and go to the spa or something 
Mm-hmm. But it, but if it actually is an organized, we are doing this kind of activity for work or whatever, then yeah, I think it needs to be broader. Whew. Yeah, I, I just kind of put it down to what is it for, and I I guess I haven't been in that situation. Do I have a fear of missing out on things? Yeah. So would I go? Possibly, but I like golf, so maybe that wouldn't matter so much. But I think it comes down to the intent. If it's about building relationships and the camaraderie thing, then no, maybe we need to choose cooking. Maybe we need to choose something that everyone can do. Maybe not everyone likes so much, but everyone can do. Or we need to vary it. We golf this month, we do something else next month. Well, you know, you mentioned that cooking, and I have a friend who um, runs a leadership studio and they bring teams in and they have a big stone oven and they actually bake bread together. Yeah, my friend owns a, a cooking studio and they have teams in there all the time to do their team building activities. Yeah. So, so exactly. Um, so I think um, it just for me came with that. There's sometimes a tension in some of these, like being comfortable with yourself, yeah. but then also playing into the politics and being smart about that. Sometimes we, we find our, you know, that we have to make decisions like is this the is this can I be myself and say let's do something else as a team or is this the time to say you know what the politically smart thing to do would be to figure out like to show up on the golf course golf course yeah yeah you know it's funny that you say that because this week I got an email from um a colleague friend who invited me to his annual theater that he like he books out a whole night of a theater Mm. at St. Jacob's theater and he invites tons of clients and employees and so instead of a golf day it's a come and watch a play that's great okay so let's just throw that out there too so women in leadership you know we're we want to influence some of the corporate culture away from some of these maybe more traditional ways of doing business and think of theater or yeah. cooking, cooking or doing something out of doing the box. Doing a hike, an excursion. Yeah, yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, totally. Good one. I like yeah. that. Uh, so our fourth area of support that you can do to combat some of these challenges is pay attention to your leadership style. And I think this is fundamental really great leaders understand who they are and choose what kind of leader they want to be and that is their leadership style you don't need to become someone else you don't need to lead you need to be authentic to who you are and and be okay with that style Uh, yes you need to flex your style accordingly to influence and support others but at the end of the day needs to fit with you and you need to know what kind of leader you want to be. Mm -hmm. Good. I agree. And um, I think we've covered some of this about leadership style already in Mm -hmm. our conversations. So just, you know, as a reminder, pay attention to your leadership style. And then the fifth one we've also talked about throughout. So recognizing other women. So when you climb the corporate ladder, it's important to reach out to other women along the way and not to exclude men or not to, you know, sort of build the um, a women's version of the old man's club, not the old man's club, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? The old boys network. Yeah, not to, to replace that with women. 
But I think it's about recognizing other women's gifts and talents and, and being comfortable with surrounding yourself with diversity on your team. So be sure to um, recognize other women and mentor other women and find yourself a good mentor. And let's just build connections. We're really good at that as women. So let's use that strength and um, support each other and really build those support systems where we can help each other achieve more in our work. Wow, we've just covered a lot. And I really hope that our, our listeners find this as challenging and hope filled as we do. You know, we as women leaders have unique challenges. And as women, we have some barriers to overcome and they're both external and internal mm -hmm. and we need to be aware of them and not let them become excuses or reasons to not go out and achieve our goals so I don't know Joanna I sort of feel like we hit a hole in one today <laughs> or we cooked an awesome meal something like that <laughs> we we Brought home the bacon and we yeah. baked the bread. <laughs> Let's go have a cigar and some whiskey. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> Thank you very much. That was a great episode. And we look forward to hearing from you. If you have any comments or uh, thoughts to share, you know where to find us. Thank you. Hi, Life Reframers. Did you enjoy our episode today? If so, please leave a review on iTunes or Google Play. Also, check us out on all our social media avenues via reframeyourlife.ca.